finally. Wow. 15, nearly 15 minutes late. Apologies, everyone <laughs> tuning in. And apologies, Paul, who's been gracefully seen. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> it's funny how sometimes 15 feels like forever and sometimes 15 minutes feels like it's a, an instant, right? It just yeah. depends upon where you're sitting. It feels like yeah. forever when you're scrambling about trying to get the technology <laughs> to work. I'll tell you that much. For sure. But here we go. We go. We we uh, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. Let me just make sure that it's coming through here. I'm assuming it is. Um, but yeah. Anyway, welcome everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Dustin's not seeing it. I'm not seeing it either. Uh, but I'm assuming something's happening because it looks as though we've gone live. But uh, looks like we might have issues again. Do we have issues again, Dustin? I don't see it. But yeah, I'm not seeing it either. Hmm. Didn't get a notification or anything like that. Right. Yeah, it's not happening again, is it? At this point, I wonder if we just uh, record it and and put it out like normal. Let me just see if it's live on YouTube because I think that yeah. might be the. Uh, I think it's something to do with LinkedIn. Yes. Yeah. Somebody noted. Yeah. Yeah, it's live. Yeah, I'm hearing I'm hearing myself on YouTube about five minutes later. <laughs> cool. Right. Anyway, I'm going to post this link in YouTube for those people that are um, trying to get there on on LinkedIn. Apologies for the for the messing around. It looks as though the streaming tool that we use is not broadcasting into the event like it should, and therefore we are in this situation uh, with a podcast that we've been queuing up and lining up for. How long, Paul? This has been months. I don't know how many months. Yeah, exactly. It's been I'd say months. fifteen months. One month for every minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's about right. That's about right. Uh, but thank you for joining us anyway, and and thank you for persevering and persisting. I really appreciate it. Uh, so tell us, tell us what's been going on. We we did start this recording. For those of you that are eventually tuning in, we did start this recording. We started having a conversation, then we realised we weren't live. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so and so we'll 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 rerun that first couple of minutes, but. Paul, tell us, tell us what you've been up to. Where have you been for? Where have you been all my life? Yeah, it's been great. Uh, uh, well, we just had Alexa live. Uh, I don't know how long ago, a month back, maybe something like that. And uh, I've just been with the team uh, working on a bunch of new capabilities for skill builders. So there's uh, a couple areas where I'm really excited about. It's just completely new kinds of experiences that you just couldn't do before. Um, mm -hmm. I've just seen so many things that the community has been trying to build. And, and now I think we're going to get to the point where we can start to unlock some of those new kinds of experiences. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about what was uh, showed off there. See what people do with it. And you yourself, Paul, you were saying that you've changed teams recently. You're now on the product team where you were yeah. doing education before, right? I was doing the education team before. And so that was like getting out. Uh, we had evangelists and tech doc writers and curriculum builders and stuff like that. And really got to be out with the community a lot. So it was really neat to see everything that was happening there. Uh, but yeah, now working on the product team, trying to bring that developer perspective and that skill builder perspective to the team and just sort of help shape what are we going to what are we going to go deliver? What are we going to focus on? Yeah. Cool. And you've hit us with a whirlwind worth of features over the last <laughs> the last period. We were saying just before we come on air, you were saying that it's the most features ever released at one time. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it, it, you know, we release a lot of features every year, but a lot of times they sort of dribble out. And just as soon as something's ready, we just throw it out. And, you know, one of the pieces of feedback from developers was like, how do I keep up with all this? How do I know what's happening and when and how does it all come together? And so this was a bit of an opportunity to pull it all together into one developer event, get out that whole story, hang the features together so you could see how to use them. And, you know, depending upon what hat you wear, you know, if you're thinking about design or you're thinking about marketing or thinking about mm -hmm. development, you can like take a slice of it and figure out where to head. So yeah, got it all pulled together for this Alexa Live developer event. Can we expect that more going forward, these these bigger semi-annual, annual, however, release cycles? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're never going to stop shipping features. So you're going to, you know, keep watching the the new launches pages all the time. But if you really think about like these big story moments, we want to make sure that we pull a collection of features together and give you everything you need to accomplish that. Mm. Um, so yeah, you'll see like continuous improvement. Like mm. we're, we're not going to hold anything back, um, but it's also trying to just land these big moments together. Yeah. Yeah, and and so certainly there were lots and lots of new stuff that was that was announced and some expansions. But would you say there was perhaps a, a theme throughout all of these or some yeah. unifying thing in between the new features? There's a couple a couple themes. Um, one chunk of the features was about enabling new experiences. I mean, we've just seen people building amazing stuff with what's available now, but then wanting to do more. Um, so there's a um, a chunk of new experiences that are just around uh, more enabling more natural, deeper tasks. Um, so like, for example, today, what I love about voice is I can just think of something and it's happening, like turn on the light, set a timer, play a game, answer a trivia question. You know, I can just like think it and it's happening. And it's just this really neat moment. Um, but the thing is I have more complex thoughts than that. <laughs> you know, sometimes <laughs> I want to actually like, and so, you know, we see a lot of uh, skill builders, you know, pushing into building more complex experiences than just call and response kinds of things. And, you know, we've talked a lot about different kinds of design approaches to deal with that and all sorts of things. But, you know, with Alexa conversations, you start to get into completely different ways to even architect how you're going after that. So really leaning on AI based stuff to help build that out. So that's really cool. Um, other, other experiences that we're unlocking is like this whole, like how you feel the experience. So there's um, a lot of stuff in the multimodal area with screens and um, interactive games and audio layering. So you can just build these soundscapes out, just make, make, make it more immersive feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we're also kind of pushing into this new set of experiences around on the go. So, you know, so far we've mostly focused on, Hey, there's a device sitting in your kitchen or in your living room or whatever, but there's earbuds and there's frames and there's mobile. There's a lot of different ways to mm -hmm. make use of Alexa. And when you, you know, of course you can just take your normal experience to those, but when you really think about what would be useful, you start to find some new customer experience patterns that you want to unlock. So there's a bunch of on the go uh, kind of experiences that we've been able to start to open up. Um, I guess one other thing besides those experiences is just, and how do you get traffic? Like, this, you know, you got a business to operate here. And so how do we get more traffic, more revenue, uh, optimize your experience and that kind of stuff. So like new experiences and then optimize your business are the kind of two major buckets. Mm, that's good. I think that's, that's a good way of 
of summarising it as well because it's like and what we'll do for, for those tuning in we'll we'll run through some of these some of these kind yeah. of some of the new features and stuff like that but I think you, you put it across really well there in that there's there's features for kind of designers and developers to make you create more immersive experiences but then at the same time you've got things that help people get discovered more you've also got kind of deeper integrations with, with mobile iOS and Android and so it's kind of like it's starting to get to a point where it's I know that Amazon hasn't had you know a, a phone out there for, for a while and stuff like that but it's a lot of these a lot of these kind of uh, changes or updates and whatnot have kind of took it a little bit further and deeper into the mobile ecosystem and tried to make you know that whether it's on the go but in general just more of an end-to-end Alexa kind of experience isn't it yeah that's right yeah just people, when you think about doing something, you can just do it. You have your computing at your fingertips, right? Is the kind of the idea, or not your fingertips even. You have your, your computing <laughs> around you ambiently. <laughs> On the tip of your tongue. On the tip of your tongue and fingers, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Dustin, let's, let's, uh, where do you want to start with this? Well, I mean, we, we, we're, there's 31 features, and uh, we've probably got like, given that we started a bit late, we, even if we had an hour, that's like two minutes per feature. And so, realistically, we're not going to get through all of that kind of thing. But I thought what we would do, what would be a bit of fun, is that we can kind of bring up some of the things that we find have been uh, useful or some of the things that we've been excited about and and try and like delve into a little bit of those so we can help designers and developers understand what they are and also businesses and marketers understand kind of how they can utilize these things. Um, and then, you know, what, now that we're on YouTube, we've had some issues with LinkedIn. Apologies again for that. We're on YouTube. We've got a few people tuning in here. If you are tuning in on YouTube, feel free, stick some questions about these features in the comments and, and we'll, we'll put those questions to Paul as well. Um, so Dustin, where do you want to start? What's your, what's your, what was your top kind of feature that, that was brought about and why? And then let's kind of, let's have Paul kind of delve a little bit further into it. Yeah, I don't know if this was necessarily my top, but this is maybe a, a big one to start and we might actually be causing some trouble here. So you're, you'll need to keep us on time, Kane. Uh, Alexa conversations. I think that's a, that's a big one. It's a, a potentially a it seems like a big change in how you build skills. Uh, so can you tell us more about that? What it is, when people would use it, what advantages it gives? Yeah, yeah. First of all, I, I, I like that you say it's a big change. It's it's a weird mixed story because it's actually, you can just integrate it in with your normal skills and do the way you build skills today and then sort of add this in and slowly migrate into it. At the same time, it is a big change. I mean, it's a different way of thinking about building your experiences. And um, I mean, if you remember back to when skills first came out and you'd like, there's an intent and utterances and what is it, what are these things and how does it all work? And, and the concept of making use of AI to do skills was like, blow your mind. Um, I mean, I remember a lot of times I was talking about, you know, this list is a, is a, is training data. It's not an array or an enum. Like people might say something that's not in your slot values and it'll come through. So that same kind of a learning curve is going to happen again with Alexa conversations. Um, I mean, everybody has a much better feel for how the interactions go now, but, uh, you pull it over and instead of thinking about all the paths that you might have to take and dealing with every single possible combination, what you really focus in on is the core experience that you want to nail. So you know a few things, you know, first of all, the APIs you're going to call, right? When you're done, let's, let's take pizza. When you're done ordering a pizza, you got an API to call, you, you know, you make the order and then you, you call the API. So you know that, and you know, some, some basic happy paths and some basic correction paths and all that kind of stuff. So what you do is you focus on, entering those dialogues, the whole back and forth between the user and Alexa, and you annotate them. So you talk about, you know, slot values and those kinds of things, but also when do you call an API? What's the point of this thing? Um, and 
then the result is the AI system kicks in and starts to go, okay, let me generate other dialogues, other paths and all these possibilities. And uh, it deals with that combinatorial explosion. And what would happen before would people would do that thing. They would, they would basically flow chart out a basic set of paths. And then I would, I would describe it as developer and designer fatigue. They'd get tired and go like, I can't come up with every possible combination of this. Right. And, um, and that would end up with some brittle experiences where if you did it right, if the customer did everything right, it was beautiful and it worked perfectly. And if the customer veered out on their own a little bit, it would start to fall apart. And so conversations is really focused on addressing that. And I think what you'll see is, you know, it's like day one of that. And so we just start improving, 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 and people pile on and start building. We see where they're headed with it. Um, so I, I'm really inspired by it because I feel like it's this, this, you know, take what we've gotten to here and then start a new beginning and then go figure out where we're going to go from there. And, and again, they do bleed very well together. Like you can just build a normal skill and just say, Hey, I'm going to call it to Alexa conversations now and come back. You can look at the pizza reference skill to see how that's done. Um, so it's easy to dip your toes in the water, uh, but I would say dip your toes in and just like dwell in it for a minute and just <laughs> try it out and be open to how it's a little bit different and, and dive in there. There's a, there's a contest for it, by the way, uh, if you go to alexaconversations.devpost.com and that'll be a great experience to like see what other people are building and, and see all the training materials on it and all that kind of stuff. I feel like this is one of those things over the next couple of years where every, everybody's going to have to really start to understand how this plays out and how it works. Mm. Yeah. And, and so, so correct me if I'm wrong then. So what, what it is, cause I've had a lot of questions about this. Um, okay. and, and this is the kind of thing that, um, it, it is hard for people to wrap their head around, I think. Um, yeah. so essentially what it means is, uh, you provide, um, your skill with your intent and your slots and the points at which you might need to make various API calls or whatnot. And, some sample utterances as you would do with, with your intents and that kind of stuff. And then rather than you mapping out the flow of, okay, first of all, we're expecting this intent with these slots. And if we don't get this slot, then we're going to have to go back and ask them for that slot and confirm this then. And, and then that might lead to this path. And then, so rather than you doing all of that stuff, you just specify essentially the raw materials and yeah. the, the, the Alexa kind of the AI side will piece together what that dialogue and what those kind of, how those conversations should flow. Is that is that right? Yeah, that's close. Uh, you, you started that by saying you provide intents and slots, and that's actually not where you start. Um, that is where you start with custom skills. But in this case, you start with dialogues. You just start with the back and forth interaction. And yeah, there are slots in there that'll be filled along the way. And there are APIs that you're going to call. But it's much more about that dialogue than it is about an intent. Um, and so, and then, and then there's things like because you've gotten that dialogue, it's taking care of one, all the variations, right? Like you were describing, you don't have to figure out all the variations. The second thing it's taking care of is all the context. So, you know, if you said, um, you know, partway through making an order of a pizza and you say, oh, make that a large, it knows what that is because mm -hmm. it's keeping track of the context for you. And so in addition to not have to manage all those paths, you don't have to manage all of the state possible state machines that you'd be keeping and so forth. So, yeah, so it is like what you described. It's just, it's just think first about dialogues rather than you, you don't really need to like break them down into intense as much. Um, yeah. So you, you think about those dialogues and how you're going to have these compose these responses. Um, mm. 
Yeah. So I think a good way to a good way to know when you're going to want to use one of these is when you want to gather a bunch of information from people. Right. And then you can go on your way. So the obvious things are like task completion, like I've said pizza ordering. Uh, Roomba is doing something cool with their robots where you can say like, hey, uh, vacuum a specific room. Uh, on Wednesday because we're gonna have a party that night or whatever. And so you can say something more complex or big sky. You can, you can talk more about how to set your triggers for, you know, if there's a certain weather event happening in a certain region. And so there's a, there's quite a bit of information you have to give to make that really work. And this really helps with that back and forth. I think there's an opportunity for games too. Um, not all games. Like I wouldn't use this for a quiz game. It doesn't make any sense. Cause that's a boom, 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 back and forth thing. But maybe I wonder about like a, um, an escape the room style experience where you're in the room and you have to, you know, provide all the right answers to the clues all at once. And once they all come together, then you can proceed, you know? So it's those kinds of things that you're thinking about. Okay. Well, so that's the big mind yeah. shift is it's about dialogues first. Mm. Uh, on that note, one question I have is you also announced the controls framework as well. And uh -huh. so these, these seem to potentially have maybe a little bit of overlap in purpose. When would you go with the controls framework versus conversations? Uh, personally, I'm going to use them both all the time uh, because I think they complement really well. There is some overlap. So, um, the controls framework for me is really good for like moving people through the logic of your skill, right? So like now it's time to gather dates or now it's time to order pizza. Now it's time to whatever it is. And the controls framework is great for that. If you think about um, today, when you build a skill, you have these intent handlers and it's this very linear list of intent handlers. And it's just like, whichever one hits first is going to happen with controls. You have a root controller and you can you can have logic to go like, Oh no, I can now go here. So for example, um, in a, in a custom skill, if you just say yes, at some point, you will have to kept track about what that yes means and what it relates to. And it would hit a yes intent it, with controls. You can just say, Hey, the last control that was doing something is this one, route it to them. And then it says, Oh, it has a yes handler and it can deal with it. It's special way. And other controls would too. Right? So the reason I say they work really well together is because once you get down into that part of your logic, you can just say, Hey, interop out, like go out to Alexa conversations, let it do its job for a little while and it'll come back and, and then you can carry on. So I think the two blend really well. Now you're right. There is an overlap in that, you know, you can play either extreme. You could say a skill has no Alexa conversations in it. It's all built with controls and the SDK and all that. That's totally fine. Or you could say a skill is built completely with Alexa conversations. Um, I just think, particularly in the beginning, but probably forever, there's going to be a blend of those things. And I think it's up to your team, like your designers and your developers and their preferences and their comfort and what they've been doing to decide where that line is um, uh, between those two different things. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh Cool. I'm being told. I'm being told by Artem. Thank you, Artem, uh, to to stop talking and get to the comments. So, <laughs> so your wish is my command, mate. Your wish is my command. Right. Uh, I'm going to keep this one related to Alexa conversations, uh, and then okay. we, we can come back to some of the other ones uh, after that. Uh, okay. So the one that we have from uh, Richard Wazeka, and apologies if I'm butchering your name, mate. Uh, how might the role of of a conversational design a change with greater use of Alexa conversations? Um, well, some parts of it are the same. That whole like have one person pretend to be a human and one person pretend to be 
um, Alexa and then having this back and forth uh, conversation kind of stuff, that all still holds true. And, you know, thinking about how you're going to work through that experience, the parts that start to change are in the details. So in skill building, part of the details that a conversational designer has to go into is like, what is the state? What's happened? What are the situations that are going on? And, and what do I, how do I respond in those particular states? And how do I error correct in these ways? Right. And you, and you start to have to, you have to, you have to program everything. So you're going to detail all that out. Um, in Alexa conversations, it, the details become more about how do you annotate those dialogues and how do you map what people are saying into, um, into, the APIs that are going to be called and how do you compose those responses? So like um, what visuals do they have and what do they sound like? And what's the APL or the, the, the audible experience that you're going to have. And, and now you can mark that up quite a bit and do a lot more stuff. So I think you start to bleed more that direction um, in the conversational piece, but the, the core of it's the same. I mean, it's about we're expressing ourselves, you know, to this machine. So how's that kind of work? Cool. That's good. Um, any any other questions came from the comments? Uh, from the comments, let's have a look. Uh, we have we've got some questions about the app availability in Ukraine. Um, yeah, I don't know whether you have any insight on that, uh, Paul. But apparently, it's not available in yeah. Ukraine. Um, yeah, we haven't raised one. Yeah. Uh, when well is is there uh, where is there a possibility for additional wake words in the Alexa smartphone app? I think I'll, well, I don't know whether we're going to get into that, but uh, it, it would That's assume, as, yeah. <laughs> I would assume yeah. that if it's the Alexa app invoking the Alexa assistant, I, I would probably right. imagine that that's going to stay the same for quite a while. Uh, Richard's commented again, which is, uh, do we still have conversation flows as a deliverable? So if he's working as a conversation designer on a project, he's got a client, they want to see how the dialogue's going to go. They want to understand what they're going to get for their money. Would you still, if you're using Alexa conversations, would you still provide those kind of architecture diagrams and, and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, to a degree. Um, I mean, I, I think, you know, that even before Alexa conversations, I was an advocate of using storyboards instead of flowcharts um, yeah. because I just, I like how storyboards still tell the story and communicate the value without, you know, running you into the flowchart place. But the flowchart stuff is really convenient. I mean, you can, you can mock things up really quickly. You can build full on great live skills just by doing that. You know, you, you grab voice flow or something like that and you can just jam through it and build it. Up. So I think you're still going to be doing that for a while. I think what you might do now is start to change where you end it. So like there might be a flow that covers the main uh, brand, the main branching parts and, and entrance parts of your experience. And then at some point you go, okay, now we've got a job to do. Like we're going to go gather some information and do that job. And you just put a box there for that whole job. And you don't have to like map out 18 pages on, on tabloid size paper. I guess what would, I don't know what that would be in like D4 paper. I don't know what they call that, but like yeah, yeah. <laughs> huge paper. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, I think, I think you're that, that same mindset of like, how do people go through this still has to be covered. Um, but you don't have to get every little, every little branch now, right? That's mm. the key. Hmm. Shout out to Braden. I think he's tuning in. He's commented earlier on. I don't know if he's still hanging around, but uh, he was involved at the beginning. So shout out to Braden from yeah. from Voiceflow. Fantastic tool. Uh, we use Very that great. all the great, time. Great uh, crew over there too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, Dustin, yeah. what's your yeah. what's your, what's next on your list? Yeah. So moving on to new features. One of the th another thing is actually the 
the solution to a mystery, a three or four year old mystery. And, you know, when I was writing the book on how to build skills here, one of the things I did was I went through the JSON. I said, I got to understand every single thing that's in there. Somebody's going to ask, I need to understand what it is. And I came across one, which was resolutions per authority. And I was like, this is only ever one value. This is an array. What's going on here? Um, Uh And finally, finally, we know now that we can have, uh, what was it called? Alexa entities. Uh, So what is that? The, the new entities? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and there's others too. Um, but yeah, so what this is, so like, let me, let me give an example of what resolutions are about. So let's say you get back a slot value, right? And it says, um, let's say you said, um, I don't know, let's say your slot was about types of animals. So you had a dog, cat, alligators or whatever, and you said St. Bernard, right? And so in your skill, what you might've done is you might've said dog is the value and then St. Bernard and all sorts of other kinds of dogs were, were synonyms for that. And then what would happen is the resolution authority would say, I have resolved St. Bernard to dog. And in that resolution authority, you could, in the JSON, you could look at it and go like, oh, well, they said St. Bernard, but what they meant is dog, you know, or what I care about is dog. So I'm going to go use that in my skill logic now. Um, Now there's other resolution authorities. So you'll get that same one as you would, but then you can also get one where the person said St. Bernard, it sends it off to Alexa entities, which is um, this whole knowledge graph that's built into Alexa and it'll come back with what it thinks that means. Right. So it could say it's a dog or it could say it's a, uh, whatever it might be. Like you, you might've said something like calories in a slice of pizza and it'll come back and say, Oh, it's 840 or whatever. That's a big slice maybe, but you know, it, it can sort of resolve those things for you. And then you can, you can in the JSON look at what did the person say and what did the resolution authority translate that into? Mm. So now now you can look at both in the array. Bondad has commented saying, resolutions per authority definitely burned me in the past uh, as I started creeping (laughs) in there before we knew about them. (laughs) Classic. Yeah. Cool, uh, Dustin. What, what? Any any other thoughts and, and uh, features on on the technical side? This has been interesting. I'm, I'm learning stuff here, so this is this is this is all good for me. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a there's a few more. I think there's a lot on the design and and on the marketing side. So maybe just cover a couple more. And one is skill resumption, which sounds yeah. very 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 interesting. What is that? How does it work? Okay, so here's the basic scenario um you are interacting with a skill and then you're not really done with that experience but you don't need to interact with it again for a while maybe for a few seconds a few minutes or even a few hours right so an example this would be like i say this was really spawned through the motivation of on the go um it could be useful for a lot of scenarios but if you think about on the go it's easier to to see it so an example is i'm hey alexa let's start my run right and i get some like hype up thing and then i get some music and then it's i'm going and i'm still running right but i'm not interacting with alexa that whole time so what can happen is that skill can go into the background and then um there's two ways that it can resume one way is the skill developer can say hey it's been 15 minutes some trigger happens right and they say it's been 15 minutes let's say good job keep it going let me hype you up some more and then go back into the background right Uh, another scenario is um the customer can resume it 
So the customer can just say, Alexa, how much longer? So instead of saying, Alexa, ask the fitness skill, how much longer? They say, Alexa, how much longer? And, and you're going again. Um, an example of this would be like with uh, Uber, you know, we were looking at that and you'd say something like, your car is around the corner, right? So you, you, you go request the, the car and it says, you know, in your earbuds, it's around the corner, you should go get it. Or you could say, Alexa, how far is my car away? And it'd say four minutes. So that's the basic scenario. Um, and again, it doesn't have to be about on the go. It could be, you know, anything you're after, but the, that's the real mm. new kind of use case we're trying to push into. So it goes in both directions, right? The user can resume and the, the skill can resume as well. That's right. How, how is that kind of initiated? How is the, how do you make it go into the background for it to then be kind of called back upon again? Yeah, the skill builder does that. So the, the customer experience of it is, you know, you say, hey, I'm going to go on my run. And it says, hey, do you want me to uh, keep motivating you throughout your run? You want me to come back? And you say, yeah. And then that gives it permission to do skill resumption. And once you've given it permission, now it can come back and let you know what's going on. So really, really the customer gives permission for it to resume. It doesn't, the customer doesn't need to give it permission to go into the background. Mm. Yeah. And it's not really, it's weird to say background because a lot of people think about mobile apps when you think about mm. background where it's actually yeah. back there processing and stuff. And that's not really the case. What actually happens is it's waiting for a, a queue, right? Like, oh, mm. a time event happened off, the skill fires up again. And then it goes, okay, I have permission. So now I'm going to let the user know what's going on. So, mm -hmm. And I see um, Richard is asking a question about this, which is if there's multiple skills that are in the background, so to speak, how does it handle that? Yeah. Well, for now it's one, we're in the beta period and we're seeing what's happening. So we'll see how often people want to background multiple things, but right now it's just the last one that you were using, mm. which seems to cover most of the cases. Mm. Um, but yeah. So Richard's uh, example was what happens if I order a pizza in one and a six pack in another, he's my kind of guy. <laughs> uh, the six pack will win. I mean, that's just how it goes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> prioritize based on, yeah, prioritize based on yeah, what yeah, you yeah. ordered. Uh, Mike has said skill resumption is going to be so great. I do agree with that. I think that um, we'll come on to some of the more sort of like business marketing focused sort of uh, things that, that are in there. But I think this is kind of related to one of them. I think uh, yeah. is, it's it's that you mentioned that you don't have to reinvoke the skill again. You don't have to ask Alexa to ask the skill to do something. It's kind of just there simmering around. And and you can think of yeah, there's the exercise use case, there's the taxi use case, but essentially any any skill really that is there to serve like not necessarily like a lean in experiential experience, like a game where you're, you're zoned in and you're concentrating, but pretty much any other either productivity based, utility based could be a shopping example. You know, the vast majority of other skills that aren't a lean in kind of experience can, can yeah. benefit from something like this and just be able to get back into it and carry on from where you left off or do whatever, you know, without needing to reinvoke the skill again, I think is so much potential with that. I'm super curious to see where the community takes this and where what ideas they come up with and talk about. Um, this, is, this is an example. This is a completely new use case. Like, I don't know what people will do with it and how it'll work out. Um, but there's also a vein of this naturalness, right? Like the more we can just have customers just do what they would naturally do, you know, conversations or this or others, like then it's just sort of opens up these new cases. Mm. That's interesting. Maybe gain um, uh, a good thing to move on to now, which will bleed into the design part of it is the, the changes to APL. 
Uh, so yeah. a lot of it was announced to APL. Certainly JC, JSX for APL is interesting, but probably not the biggest thing for sure. One of the yeah. things that, or the thing that I think people are most excited about, or I've heard, seen the most talk about is APLA. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm actually really excited about this too. So the, what, at, the, at the core, it's layered audio, right? You can like compose audio at runtime. So um, here's a scenario. You're building a game and you are like, you're fighting a dragon with a sword and it should sound like swords and dragons, right? <laughs> and what if you drop your sword or your sword breaks because of its hit points or something like that? And now you're, now you're fighting a dragon with a shield. And so it should sound different, right? The way that you would have to build that prior to this feature is you would have to pre-record all the combinations of all of the weapons and all of the monsters and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And now you can start to like change out those sounds. And so instead of having, you know, all the combinations of all the sounds, you have your hundred bass sounds and you compose them uh, programmatically at runtime. So that really, really lowers the production cost and raises the production value. The other thing you can do is you can put background audio behind text to speech. So even for a non-game, that's pretty interesting just to give it a little bit of a mood and you know, that kind of stuff. Um, one thing that people often say about this is like, Hey, that's APL who I've been avoiding that because I didn't want to get into screens yet or whatever. And first of all, you should get into screens because that's a big deal. But at the same time, it's, it's, it's not that you have to take all of it at once, right? This is about APL is about a presentation language, right? It's about describing how you're going to present the results to customers through sound and through visual. And you can imagine over time through any sort of modality, right? This is the, the point of it is to allow like all sorts of crazy devices, like, like the little dot with the clock on it, that's through APL. A, right, or APL. So anyway, um, you can use Alexa APL A just if you don't have a device with a screen, right? And just want it to sound really cool. Mm. I think that, again, the potential for that is huge because, you know, definitely for games and stuff like that, you know, the the... the what you'd have to do previously is exactly as you described is you'd have to, you'd have, you have a sound bed, you'd need sound effects on top. They need to be basically you need to build a scene. But then if you want anything to do with text to speech in there, you need essentially what I've done in the past is gone to, gone to poly, grab the voice, downloaded it. And then I've had to stick it inside oh, the, the actual audio file to create the, 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 the effects. Uh -huh. Um, but I was interested how you mentioned that beyond games, because I think that's where I, I, I know it's got value for games, but I think that that's where it has some real like potential. Because if you imagine yeah. like, um, I was trying to think of a really boring example, like checking what time the post office is open, right? Something like that, where the, the utility that it provides is is real. You know, if someone needs to go and send a parcel, then they need to know that information. It's a lot easier to ask Alexa than it is to go and get out your phone or whatever. But just a simple thing like that can be made so much better if when the skill opens, it's the sound of a door opening and then it's the sound of the post office room kind of in there. And then you've got the voice over the top of it. And then, you know, when you ask about sending a parcel, so like, you know, there's a noise of a seller tapes taping up a parcel and all that yeah. kind of stuff is, is the ability to create what would seemingly be mundane, but more practical use cases and make them more experiential. I think so. And I think you're right. It's a very subtle, but powerful thing. Like one of the challenges with particularly voice only, um, but even with voice plus screen is how do you set expectations for the customer? How do you help them know what's possible and what's around and what's there. And so subtle clues, like, you know, that the sound of the parcel in the background, you know, you're about posting post stuff right now. So like, I think that's, 
I think there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. Mm. Uh, David Law, shout out to David Law. Thank you for joining hey, us. Holy hey, holy cow. Ex, ex-colleague of yours. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He said, about four years ago, we had an Alexa summit where the UK team made Alexa rap on top of a beat and we had to pre-record the whole thing with laid audio via APL would have made it a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually know. remember that demo. I was there. Really? I I yeah, yeah. That. I'd like to find yeah. that, to be honest. <laughs> I would imagine you had some a hell of a work to be done there in terms of I, actually making sure she's on beat. I actually saw one at, um, there was a hackathon at Stanford, probably about that same time, and they took two Alexas and they had one that was the, the hype, right? And then the other, which is the wrapping. And they had some like, they said, okay, let's go. And you, you would give the hype one a, uh, like an artist. And right. you'd say rap in the style of so-and-so and it'd go, okay, here we go. And it would get it all hyped up and then it would send it over to the other device. And then that device would actually, you know, take some random passage and then do it in the style of that artist. And it was just really funny to watch the two devices go back and forth and stuff like that. That, that. Is, class. that yeah. is class. I like the way you're explaining about APL there though, because I must admit when APL was first announced and launched and stuff like that, I very much thought it was all about visual. I thought it was, you know, it's a way of visually presenting stuff and a language that allows you to do that. But yeah. When you think about, you know, if it's, if it's a language of presenting anything as such, then it starts to get a lot more interesting, you know, with the audio side of things. And then, you know, I don't know whether they'll have like haptics and, you know, they mentioned the clock being able to customize what's on that clock based on what the skills do and stuff like that. And totally. even, even when you look at your likes of the frames and this is maybe, um, maybe he's venturing into the marketing kind of stuff, which will maybe pick back up again a little bit later, but I do know a couple of people I haven't tried the, have you tried the frames, Justin? No, no, it's, uh, this ties into a question that I'll have later as well, but uh, it's, I think us only at the moment and, and Paul, mm-hmm. by the mention of us only, you probably know which question's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, okay. We'll get back to, we'll get to the frames, but one of the questions, and this is related to the, to APL, uh, Brian is asking, uh, he said it's one for the marketing chat potentially, but you know, what's the situation with, uh, the, the kind of echo glasses in terms of, you know, what's the, given that they're only available in the U S you know, what, what's the situation with that? And so one, one thing is, is, you know, any feedback from customers using it and, and all that kind of stuff. And then the other thing is, is there anything else that's something like glasses would be able to do with APL that might not be possible with other kind of devices. Yeah. I mean, they're the on the go devices have different signals that you can use in your skill. Like for example, you can, you know, use location, right. And you can say what's going on at this particular place and things like that. And so, but I, I certainly imagine that um, you'll get more and more of those sort of capability checks Right. Like right now you can do a capability check between does it have a screen, <laughs> you know, uh, is it, is it moving? Um, so, and you can imagine for auto, there's going to be a set of these capabilities you've got to be able to know about. And for, you know, your earbuds, your glasses, like the more custom and, and the more context you can provide to skill builders, the more they're going to be able to make that experience just spot on for that kind of context. And that's like you said about APL, that's kind of where you want it all to head is like, if this is about ambient computing and about just being able to get what you need from your stuff whenever you want. Like you got to be able to present the results in the most appropriate way. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we have another question from Steve. Uh, it- Heard the the controls framework discussion. It wants to know if you can talk about what the future, the the vision for controls framework is going to be, or what does that look like? 
Yeah. Well, you can you can start to see that now. Um, you, you, you have the ability to uh, do two pretty distinct things in a really great way. One is route logic throughout your skill more, way more effectively than you could have before. Uh, and the second is once you get somewhere, you can actually build a control out of it and you can reuse that control. So you can, you know, um, you can, you can come up with something like, like, uh, I think one of the examples to have is, uh, give me a number, right. And you build a number control. Now that sounds really super simplistic. A number control is probably just reading a slot value, but it's actually a little bit more than that because what if in your experience, you notice that like we have these ASR evaluation tools that you can use down a lot, bunch of accuracy based tools. And you notice that a lot of people are saying 15 or 50 when you didn't actually you don't actually need to support that. So you could actually disambiguate when you get these weird disambiguating ones, or um, you could put ranges on it. Say, I don't want a number lower than three or above a hundred. And, and you don't want your, your customer experience, your VUI to be like, here's all the constraints that you can do before you give me the answer. You just want to say, what's a number, right? And then you can get it. So anyway, the controls can deal with all those things or more complicated things like, um, uh, schedule something and give me a start date, a finish date, uh, you know, all the different pieces and it can do all the work to, to sort of dwell in that control as long as it needs to, to get its job done. And then it can route back to the main controller and it can, it can do its stuff. So I think it just gives you more compelling, powerful ways to compartmentalize your experience and then to do the best possible logic and CX that you can at that during that compartmentalization, either through conversations or through the normal, like, skill programming at the same time. So what I'd love to see as a developer, especially as a, a lazy developer is Steve, other people in the community to create controls and then share those, you know, create uh, node packages and love share that. those controls. Absolutely. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. For sure. That would be really good. Shout out to Steve from Double Labs. Thanks for tuning in, Steve. Um, one of the things that, that, that uh, we've kind of, Dustin, we've had a bit of experience in, in trying to kind of, uh, build around this in the past and it's nice to see this in there is multi-value slots uh, I know it's in it's in uh, beta but it's in beta in all English languages which is nice to see and so do you want to give us so the, the scenario we've been in is is that we've been creating a skill for a, um, a takeaway uh, restaurant chain and what we've been wanting to do is allow people just to speak freely about what kind of toppings they want on their burgers and stuff like that. Uh, and historically, it's been kind of challenging to try and cater for that. It's kind of doable, but it requires a hell of a lot of work, really unpredictable. The error recovery, et cetera, is really painful. Um, but multi-value slot seems to be a, a really simple way of, of getting around all that stuff. So do you want to give us a bit of an overview on, on what that is and, and how it works? Totally. That was exactly the use case too. Um, you know, that, that experience where, um, you know, I want to have something with topping like toppings is a great example because it's, uh, normally the way you would hack around this before was you would say topping one, topping two, topping three, topping four. And you would actually have to build one that has only one topping and one that has two toppings, one that has three toppings and one that has four toppings, you know, it just gets kind of, cumbersome and then in your code you have to go like okay how many toppings did i get and which numbers are they now i need to recombine them into a list and there's a bunch of processing you would have to do um and so now it's just like here i got a list of toppings <laughs> um so that's what it, that's that's exactly the scenario that it's about um and it just makes it much simpler for you to be able to handle those kinds of cases and that's that's available as you said to all custom skills and it's also in uh like conversations mm. yeah cool. 
I think so. Steve again has asked, will there be a way to share controls publicly? I think we answered that, didn't we, by uh, having reusable controls that you can yeah. share. Yeah, and, and yeah, Mike think, replied as, as well in the chat. So sharing GitHub and PM might yeah. be options. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, the, the yeah. I think you, I think Steve, you should just you should just give me a ring and talk about what kind of controls you want to make, and we can figure out how to best share and expose those. I mean, the stuff you guys do at Dabble Labs is amazing, and so happy to dive in and make sure that works really easily for you. Mm. Cool. Speaking cool. of speaking of sharing, uh, maybe a segue into the, the marketing side. Uh, a couple of things actually related to sharing. One is sharing interactions with mobile apps. Uh, not exactly marketing, but uh, you can yeah. start integrating with mobile apps as well. What was the thinking behind that? It's uh, where, what are developers going to be able to do with that that they weren't able to do before? Yeah, well, I guess the thinking was from the customer's perspective. Um, and, you know, there are times where you say, I want to use my phone. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's just there's just a lot of use cases where you want to use your phone. I mean, it's an awesome piece of hardware. Um, and so, you know, I mean, obvious examples of that is like I'm booking a, a car somewhere and I want to see the map mm-hmm. and I want to see the map updated. I think just show me the map. So you send it over there or um, one of the ones that was maybe kind of more fun was uh you know, I can just say, start TikTok and it'll start recording my TikTok. My phone will start doing it, but I, I can just, I don't have to run up and hit the thing and then come back and do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all those scenarios. I also think there's a really nice um, experience that you can do, which is like a continuation experience. Like you start doing something in Alexa and maybe your Alexa experience covers some percentage of the of the pos- of the total value that you offer customers, your Alexa experience is a is a portion of it, and so then you'd say, "Hey, I can totally help you with that in the mobile app. Can we just go over there?" And you just go over there, and it just gives you another exit point. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just really those cases where a phone is the best solution, right? Mm. I've got yeah. another. I've got another theory. Well, not not theory, but it's another um, reason for it. Okay. Okay. Is that there are, uh, I think I've done a, this might be, I've done a video, top seven features for marketers. Uh, and I'm, I keep looking over there because the whiteboard's got, <laughs> I've got things circled on the whiteboard, which has got all the features on there. Um, yeah. And the thing is, is that you can't do everything on Alexa right now anyway. Yeah. I can't gamble on Alexa. Can't put a bet on the football match on Alexa because the policy, and same with Google, the policy is that you can't gamble because, you know, we'll get onto the, the personal voice profile stuff in a minute, but there's no way of you telling that I'm old enough. Um, in the EU, there's banking regulations so that you can't actually make financial transactions through voices. Sure. There's all kinds of things like this. And what the, the app integrations allow businesses to do and brands to do is, one, leverage the existing technology you've already got in the app, the, the existing stuff that the user's already got on the phone. But then two is still get your foot into the kind of voice first world, still learn, still provide value in terms of trimming down and making that front end of the journey uh, seamless. Mm-hmm. And But it allows you to kind of have a, a route into doing more transactional stuff that might not be possible right now where it's, where it's needed essentially. Yep. That's an excellent use case. Zynga is doing a lightweight version of that where they have like a companion training experience and then you go over to words with friends and you go to the full experience. So mm. yeah, I, I think, I think those kinds of, that's exactly what it's about. It's just mm. help your customers get their jobs done no matter what they're trying to do. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, um, there's another thing related, kind of related, uh, to that, but what I, what I was, what I was kind of, um, pleased to see is that there's quite a lot of stuff in there about mobile 
quite a lot of things in there that are related to mobile. That being one of them, getting into into app functionality and stuff like that, which I think is 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 valid. Uh, and the other one is the quick links. Totally. Being able yep. to go from a mobile, it's like the reverse, being able to go from a mobile and then fire up a, an experience on the closest device to you. Um, and I think that is, you know, we mentioned at the very beginning in terms of like reducing the friction to getting two experiences. And for, for a lot of marketers, that's kind of been the, one of the stumbling blocks is the education that would be required to tell the user to remember their skill name. And what this allows you to do is essentially, you know, put links in, in existing digital properties and then fire up a skill on a device closest to you, which I think is is a really, really good idea. Do you want to, I'd probably butchered the explanation, but do you want to kind of give us That's a run right. through of what that is and where that kind of came from? Yeah. Um, I think this is probably one of the, I was going to say, it's probably one of the simplest, big, biggest features, right? I mean, it's the simplest to take advantage of, and it's probably one of the biggest at the exact same time. Um, so yeah, you, you put a link or a button in your experience on your mobile. And then when you click it, what happens is you, if you're, if you're already signed into Amazon, that it's all good. It just comes up and it says, here's your devices. And you click one of the devices and you can either say, fire it up right now and you can boom and it's going, or you can say, notify me about this. So then when you get home, it's got a notification ring going and you can then queue it up. So like if I wanted to watch your podcast and I see something really cool come by, I just can't watch it right now. I queue it up on this device. I come home, there's a notification I can do it. Um, and the other thing about that is, you know, if you do a, a quick link, you can put a tag on it. So now you can tell which advertising campaign that was about and you can launch into your skill and you can start to say, how effective are these ads? Are they actually driving the kind of traffic I want? And where do I double down? And what's the messaging I should use? And, and that feedback loop just wasn't there before very easily. And so it was very hard to experiment. Now you've got that. If you, if you use the combination of quick links and custom tasks and, and drive people, um, you know, deep into your experience, you can do that. So I think that's super, super interesting. Uh, the other part is, I mean, they're very easy to do. You just make a link. So like, you know, you can drop like the comedy central team, the day we launched, they had a, a tweet that said, go listen to so-and-so, you know, it's comedy and you click it and you're, you're going, hmm. um, there's no reason that you can't have a link to your podcast skill just floating around all, all the time. Right. And you can hmm. just, point people to it. In fact, there's no reason you can't curate a list of your favorite podcasts or podcast episodes, right? And like, and then share those. So you can share other people's skills too. So you can start to foster this whole other sort of way of getting around and, and exposing stuff that, boy, I think it's just going to be a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a huge deal. And, and, you know, mixing it with the custom tasks, you know, so that you're not just getting people to the beginning of an experience that has its place, obviously, but get being able deep, to get yeah. people yeah, to the functionality, to the right place, I think is, is wicked. What do you think of that, Dustin? Yeah. And I, I really liked, I thought it was really clever how if you're away from your device, you'll, you'll come home, you'll have a notification there waiting for you. Mm, yeah, it's it's wicked. I think that you know, and again, it's I think that's in beta in the US, and you know, there's definitely you know no reason why everyone shouldn't be experimenting with that because even that example that you that you suggested there in terms of like a list of podcasts, <clears throat> even that reduces the friction to audio content consumption because right now that's one of the one of the biggest issues with podcasting in general is that you need a podcast player or you're gonna to need to go to a website and listen to it and then some websites where you press the widget to listen to it as soon as your phone locks it 
just stops playing and it's just like no one listens to podcasts on websites anyway so the whole kind of discovery of audible content in general is quite difficult even on mobile if you mm-hmm. don't have the app installed and stuff like that and so this is kind of a way of almost circumnavigating and leapfrogging the whole mobile situation and just launching it in a native audio uh, medium which is I never, I never thought about it in that way that's tomorrow's LinkedIn video <laughs> right there. <laughs> cool, cool. Sorted, sorted. Yeah, yeah and if you do that, if you do that tomorrow, I'll click your link and listen to it. <laughs> That's it. There you go. There yeah. you go. Sorted, sorted. Uh, related to that then is, is custom tasks. Um, and I'm a big fan of this as well because combining custom tasks with skill connections, I think is definitely where we're going to start to see a lot of interest and stuff happening. Uh, and Richard's got a couple of questions on, on this, um, cool. related to this. So we'll, we'll get back round to that, but custom tasks and skill connections, you know, let's maybe let's start with, let's start with the connections first. So the feature around connections is, I'm just trying to have a look on my board. What was the feature around connections? Or yeah. was it, was it custom tasks? Was that the, uh, was that the feature that was, it was custom tasks, wasn't it? Or was it, it was actually broader availability of connections as well. Wasn't it? Am I, yeah, I think that it was that plus the custom tasks. Yeah, yeah. So the custom tasks. Do you want to describe what the custom tasks are, um, and where and, and how they work, and then we'll move into to connections. Totally. So you can sort of think about it if you think about it from a customer's perspective. Um, if you let's say you have a skill experience and uh, and it has intense utterances in it, you can just launch the skill and start at the very beginning and do whatever it does, or you can go straight to the thing you want. So let me use music. You know, I'd say open Pandora, it's playing Pandora. I say play Baba Mall on Pandora and it's playing that stuff. It's just going right to where you want to go. So it's like a deep link into it. So custom tasks allow you to expose those deep uh, entry points to other skills. Um, so one of the very, very first ones long ago was printing. <laughs> so you, a skill could call a custom task to print, right? It's kind of a interesting one, but, um, so now you can have, you could expose your custom tasks to other skills or to quick links to allow people to go straight into the one thing you want. So maybe you would have something like, um, Maybe you have a special in your travel skill, you have a special for a particular place that people might want to go or see or do or an activity that you might do around your around your local um, city, right? Something you can just walk out and do. And so you could just take people like you could target any kind of ads at particular people in those regions. And then it would go to that thing. And then you could track how that's working. And it just allows you to like really narrow it in and get the get the value straight to customers as fast as you can. Hmm. And and so Richard has asked, um, is the connections feature still in developer preview and is there any updates on that? Is um, it, I thought I thought it came out of preview, didn't it? I think so too. Let me I gotta look actually. Let me look. I'm just trying to find it on the um looking at the documentation says so still on developer preview. How does it? Hmm. Okay. Well, that, the okay. custom tasks are in beta. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the other questions he's asked is um, related to a skill that has many features. So, for example, purchasing, product search, uh, how to videos, etc. Would it make sense to break these into mini skills, uh, which could be used? which you then use connections to link them together. Would it make the flows simpler and clean up some of the NLP complexities? Would you recommend exploring that or would you recommend keeping everything under one roof? There's trade-offs. Um, I mean, I think that's, that is the, that is the capability, right? You can like break things down and move them around. Uh, 
I, I, my, my initial take is do them on like holistic experiences, right? Like you skill connect, do your major task and then you can do other things. So instead of splitting major tasks into pieces, I mean, again, you can implement it however you want. It feels like you want to keep them a little big. One of the, one of the beautiful things about things like Alexa conversations or the new control stuff is that it's doing a good job of managing state. And as soon as you hand off, you've got to, you know, figure out how to rehydrate that and all that kind of stuff. So I think that I, w- I would pick your boundaries well, I guess, around serving a, a very well-defined customer need. Um, but then, you know, if you have some huge, enormous skill with all sorts of uh, interaction model size, you, maybe you could do that. Um, yeah. I think there's massive opportunities uh, and I don't mind sharing this idea because ideas are worthless unless you do something with them and I don't have any capacity to do anything <laughs> with it right now. <laughs> and I don't know, I haven't, I haven't nailed the idea yet, but I think there is going to be potential in the future as adoption rises, as these features start proliferating for almost like a, it would be like a reverse aggregator whereby if you can find something that most skills need and play that kind of orchestrate a role of feeding off off people's skills in order to perform certain custom tasks of value. The obvious one that comes to mind is taxis. Every single restaurant skill imaginable could link to the taxi kind of skill. And the taxi skill doesn't need to do anything then to actually acquire traffic. All it needs to do is just get itself connected to the right skills and sit there. Um, and so, you know, from a, from a business or a marketing perspective, it's not necessarily about always going out there and trying to push your quick links in front of people and getting them into your custom tasks. There may also be opportunities to try and find where the value is and what you can do that, that is hard for people to replicate. Uh, and then almost kind of just latch onto the back of other skills to add value to their users at the same time. That's a perfect example. I love that. Yep. What's a, and then you a, have people that are experts in taxi CX, just really nailing that customer experience hmm. and they go really deep and you can count on them to, I love that. Well, it's SaaS, right? It's a skill as a service. That's what you, <laughs> you just came up with. Yeah, that's it. Let's trademark that. <laughs> Get there quickly. So if anyone does develop something similar to that, maybe we can claim some kind of like copyrighted situation uh, from it. Devil up calls it the iframe of skills. The iframe of skills, maybe. Although I think it's a bit more, it's a bit more sophisticated than an iframe. I would say, it's a little bit like, um, well, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it is like an iframe, but it's also a little bit like, um, you know, like if you if you buy something on PayPal. You'll actually leave the site and you'll go to the PayPal domain, uh, and it's all well, they've got the PayPal branding and stuff. So you trust that you're signing into PayPal, but then afterwards it'll hop you back into your website. It's almost a little bit like that, isn't it? Payments. I know that it's going to conflict and, and challenge the, the Amazon kind of Amazon Pay situation, but that would be the kind of thing that that might be able to to do that. Although there's going to be more friction because Amazon Payments is all built in and etc. But yeah, yeah no, there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, okay. So another thing that I think is interesting is I know actually what we're doing for time. Time's just doesn't time fly when you're having fun. You mentioned it earlier on. Sometimes it feels like a lifetime, like it did when I was fire up this broadcast. But it looks as though we've actually overrun. How are we, how are we doing for time? Have we got? I'm good. Yeah, yeah good I'm good. Now? Whatever you need. Yeah, yeah, got a few more minutes on this end too. Cool. Right. The, the, the one last thing I think is 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 we've kind of touched on access and easy access and stuff like that. And I think this is this is related to that. And I definitely wanted to to kind of uh, pick your brains about this one. It's the name free invocations. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
for for I mentioned it a few times, you know, for for brands and stuff like that, we're trying to get people into their skills. They've kind of um, been trying to train people in what their skills called and all that kind of stuff. And in some cases, to be honest, some skills, I think Nick Schwab's examples has been perfect. Like in the early days, he kind of like managed to figure out what a natural utterance would be and then name his skill based on that. So play some sleep sounds is a perfect example of just nailing the the skill name based on the utterance. But for, for the brands and stuff like that, it's some of that has been taken. Some of the obvious ones have been taken. Um, and so they're spending a lot of time trying to think of what the right skill name is, kind of educate people on how to invoke it, all that kind of stuff. But name free invocations has the opportunity to enable users to enter a skill to access functionality without actually invoking the skill which I think is is a really good concept. And it's been around for a while now, but Paul, I'll let you kind of yeah. explain a little bit about, you know, where, where it's come from and, and where it is now and how people can use it. Yeah, this is something we've been working on for a long time and we, we will continue working on for a long time. I think this is a really important, just part of the whole experience. So just keep watching this space for sure. Um, at the at its backbone, there's this, this name-free invocation um, uh, set of work that we're doing internally. Uh, so we have a bunch of AI helping to figure out how to route uh, the right utterances to the most uh, important or the most relevant skills and so forth. Um, but as a part of that, there's a couple pieces that we've exposed to help skill builders point the system in the right way. Um, and last year it was, um, oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking on the name. <laughs> the one where- <laughs> It was implicit invocations. Oh, can't fulfill yeah, can't intent. Fulfill can't fulfill intent. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I feel <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, that was the one last year where basically um, if what would happen is the system would send you requests and you'd say, I can do that or I can't do that. And then it would come back. This year, what we've added is a couple things. Um, one is you can add multiple launch phrases. So today a launch phrase would be your invocation name. So I don't know. What's an example. You're, you're, um, you know, it's the, the vitamin podcast is your, is your invocation name. Right. And then, um, you can add alternates. So you could say something like, um, vitamin B because that's the most common vitamin people are asking about. So you can, you know, tell me my B facts. That's some, you know, catchphrase that you have or whatever. And you could just add a few of those and then start to drive more, uh, top level experience in that way. And then the other thing you can do is you can go through your intents and you can say, this one's worthy of top level. Um, so, cause some of your intents is like a yes intent and you're like, mm. I'm not going to say anybody there, but you can, you know, if you have something like, um, you know, vitamin of the day intent, you know, mm. that'd be a great, uh, way you can sort of top level that as well. So it just gives the, the skill builder more ways to influence that whole system and, and get more traffic through those more natural things. Mm, mm, that's wicked uh jeff ski kinsey as uh it's it's kind of hey, harking back to the yeah jeff shout yeah. out to jeff uh he's shout, he's mentioned so we're talking about that kind of like the the skill that might be able to sit in the middle of everything and and feed off kind of others traffic to provide value and he's mentioned survey line which i think he was involved Love with it. Uh, yeah. could be an idea if you want to collect feedback for example on on skill usage and stuff like that that's a good idea yeah i think i mean I guess I've heard that request for those kinds of things a long time, but the survey line stuff was a great use case for that. And it was definitely mm. a lot of requests came from their direction about that, mm. like that mm. kind of an experience. So that's great. Yeah. Um, the final one that, that I wanted to touch on was, um, 
the the console we've mentioned that there's some things policy wise legislation wise legal wise there's some things that aren't possible right now like i mentioned financial transactions things like that there's other things that you might want to do that open up new use cases but you kind of need some sort of control on it you you know for, and the, the example i gave in the video i made which was the top seven alexa features for marketers was that Let's say if you're a retailer, you're Tesco or something like that, you might want to expose the skill for anybody to be able to go in there and find some products and add them to the basket and or, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then when it comes to actually checking out and making a purchase and transacting, you might just want only the account holder to be able to do that. And, you know, the the uh, voice profiles, the ability to use voice profiles has been around for, for a couple of months, I think, whereby you can kind of tailor what content is served to certain people based on the sound of their voice, if they've yep. got a voice profile set up. Yep. But then the, the skill limit access in combination with that voice profiles, is my understanding, will enable that use case I've just described to occur. Is that the case? That's right. Yeah, that's right. So you basically um, can give the experience a... Um, a voice code, right? You give it some number or whatever. And then uh, you have to say that number and it has to be coming from your voice. So it's like this, uh, it's it's limited to you now. And so, you know, if, if, if I say that code to my device and you overhear it, you still can't get into it, right? Mm. So it's it gives you a couple layers of uh, protection there. So I think that's really great for, um, yeah, that, that case you gave right there, which is like, now it's time to do the transaction. Do I really want to let anybody do that? Um, I even think there could be some fun things to do with games there, where if you have multiple people playing the same adventure game and one person has gotten a certain unlock or whatever, they might be able to get into these passages and go on their way and, um, you know, get some interesting surprises or effective. I don't know how people will use it, but I think that would be really, really valuable for that. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a neat one. Nice. Dustin, any, any final thoughts? Any other questions? Yeah, there's one question that I alluded to earlier. Oh, yes. uh, and you're, so you're speaking to two people based in Europe, so I got to ask. <laughs> I know. Wait, I know. When are we going to get some more love on these new features? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how does it generally play out? So by default, our features are available worldwide, but there's a couple things that cause us to not be able to roll everything out worldwide all at once. Um, and if you really look into it, it's where you need large training sets to go do things. It's, it's really around those, how do we get the AI-based features out there as fast as we can? And so what happens is we deploy them, usually in one region, often in the US, but not always first, and then uh, experiment with it, get it going, get it going, and then we start rolling out to the next one and the next one and the next one. So we, we strive to roll them out very quickly. Um, I mean, the international space is just really huge for us and super important. So it's as fast as we can. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's look forward to it. I mean, there has been some things that were announced that have come out to everyone. You know, the custom tasks in beta for everybody. Uh, there's a few others, you know, multimodal. APLA is for yeah. everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, Web API for games. Yep. Yeah, so it's got the resumption. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, but yeah, it would be. Uh, I think that's probably the question that everyone, everyone, I imagine, asks you that's not in the US is like, how can we get these? I mean, we're fortunate. Justin's an Alexa champion, so Justin tends to get early access <laughs> and and get his eyes on stuff every now and then. But uh, but yeah, no, it's. Uh, I'm I'm excited to be honest by by all of these all of these features because. 
every single one of them is going in the right direction. You know, you mentioned on the go and, and you know, we talk about that all the time and, mm. and on the podcast, not just Alexa, but all voice assistants in general and voice user interfaces more broadly. It's like the, that's the, that's the kind of value of them is that they can be there anywhere you are without the need to fumble around your phone and, and mess mm. about. And so, I'm glad to see, glad to see one more mobile integration because I think that opens up new use cases for mm. brands that might not have uh, considered it. I'm glad to see all of the name-free invocations and and the you know the the quick links and the ways of getting into experiences be improved. Uh, I'm also glad to see things like custom tasks and stuff like that that enable the kind of modularization almost of skills based on the features and the functions that they can uh, that they can provide. And then on on the, the you know the design side, the conversation the multi-value slots and that kind of stuff. I think that everything has been a, a good step in the right direction. I'm just excited to, one, see the the, the output of it and two, uh, work on projects that, that we can kind of uh, persuade people to include them in. I'm excited for the same thing. I, I guess the one thing I know is that computing will be different five years from now and I don't know how, <laughs> you know, and I, and I think that this community has just been so amazing at diving in and pushing the boundaries way, way beyond what we ever thought was going to happen. And so, mm -hmm. um, now I'm just curious what's going to happen next. And so I would love to keep that feedback coming, right? Like go try things and go experiment and, um, see where they go and, and mm -hmm. help us understand where we should go next. And, uh, we'll just keep pushing because this is worth the start of something new, you know, mm -hmm. it's really fun. Nice. Well, your final thoughts, Justin? I think this was great. Thanks so much for joining us, Paul. It's, it's been, like Kane mentioned, a long time coming, but it's been definitely worth it. Awesome. Thank you. Definitely. definitely. Where, where, can people go, where can people go to like, you know, if they want to learn a bit more, I know you publish a hell of a lot of stuff. Um, probably to be honest, looking at the people who have been listening and commenting, I think probably a lot of them already kind of know, but where, where can they go to, to find you to, to kind of follow you or to find out more about Alexa and, and how to use the stuff that yeah. we've been talking about? So Alexa in general is developer.amazon.com and all this will be right there. There's a breakdown of all these features and how they work and all that good stuff. Um, and I'm Paul Cutsinger, everywhere you find people, uh, uh, yes, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever. And I'm happy to chat with you there. Um, and then for the conversations thing, if you want to part of that, you know, it's like a hundred thousand dollar prize pool or something like that. Part of that would be Alexa conversations.devpost.com. Cool. Well, we'll put all these links in the show notes uh, that'll be out on Wednesday. Thank you everyone for, for persevering with us at the beginning. Uh, and we've had a really interactive discussion going on. Apologies. We didn't get around to all the comments. I appreciate there was, there was a lot more going on in those comments than we, uh, than we had the, the capability to get to, but thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for, for the discussion. And we will be back on LinkedIn and apologies for not getting that working, but we definitely will be, to be honest, this has been more engaging than a lot of the podcasts we've done on LinkedIn. So maybe it's YouTube. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube is the way to go. <laughs> yeah. YouTube might be the way to go for us in future. But, uh, but yeah, thank you, Paul, again, for, as Dustin said, you know, it's been a long time coming, but thank you so much for, for joining us. It's been really, really good having you along. And hopefully, you know, you, you let us know when the next 31 features are coming out and we'll do this again. <laughs> I'll be here. I'll come, come to you first. It's awesome. All right. Thanks, man. Cheers, all. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Cheers.